Nicole Strickland. I have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, everyone, on this fabulous Thursday night. The weekend is almost here. Yes, tomorrow we can say TGIF, so that's fantastic. Anyways, uh, welcome to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles right here on WLTKDB.com. Of course, I am your host, Nicole Strickland. If you have not followed the show, obviously check out the website, uh, any of the socials with that handle, WLTKDB, and of course, the Afterlife Chronicles, you can follow on Facebook at Afterlife Chronicles and beyond. And then, of course, it's Podbean page at afterlifechronicles.podbean.com. So we have a fantastic guest for you tonight. But before we bring him in, just a few things I want to mention. So regarding the station, yes, folks, a mobile app is coming for iPhone and Android users. So all of you folks that like listening to the shows on your phone, well, Soon you're going to be able to do that with WLTKDB's own mobile app. So yay on that. And of course, welcome to some of the new show hosts that uh, now have a show on the station. And of course, I believe we are still uh, taking uh, new people. There are a few slots open. So if you're interested in having a show, just I believe the website is contact at WLTKDB.com. And of course, the summer is here. All of us are super busy this time of year. I have some great events, speaking events and other things. So just check out my website at authornicolestrickland.com. And then, of course, I do want to mention something. So regarding the Queen Mary. So the Long Beach City Council is considering allocating, I believe it's $2.87 million for the Queen Mary in anticipation of reopening it this fall. So that money will come from the Tidelands Operating Funds. And so Evolution Hospitality its management company now for a decade, will, with this agreement, will be paid, I believe, $25,000 per month starting in July to get the ship ready for reopening on October 1st. So we are keeping our fingers crossed about that. I am super, super excited. And also with the OC Paracon coming up October 1st and 2nd, if the ship does in fact open on October 1st, I know that I'm speaking on October 2nd and what a joy it will be to be standing there up on stage speaking about the ship and saying, yes, it just reopened yesterday. Okay, that's a whole nother talk though, but thought I'd mention it. So let's go ahead and bring in tonight's guest. I am super honored to have him, uh, just very talented all around. Robert Lindsay Milne is recognized across the world as one of the most insightful psychic intuitive counselors of his time. He has traveled all over the world giving insight with a lot of his uh, intuitive sessions to people from all walks of life. So Robert, welcome to the show. It's great having you tonight. Thank you for um, having me on. I've been uh, 
waiting and looking forward to this. I know. And I know it was a reschedule. So I apologize for that. It was what I think March you were scheduled for. And now it's June. Yeah, March, so you know what? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. But you know what? It's all meant to be for you to come on now. So I, you know, I've been listening to some of your other podcasts and listening to you and you have so much to offer the world. So I thought I'd talk because you have a very interesting story about how you learned about your own innate psychic gift. So let, if you don't mind, let's start there and start with your story, because I think it's super fascinating. Well, 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 thank you. Um, last January, January 17th, actually, I celebrated 57 years of being a professional psychic. And, Are you and, serious? Wow. Yeah, I, was, I was 15 and a half years old when oh my and I, I was homeless. I lived on the streets and, and I got off the street. I heard that if you worked at the cozy tea room, room doing tea leaf readings and card readings, which I couldn't do, by the way. Um, uh, but if you did that, um, if you worked in the afternoon, you would, you would, you would get um, uh, um, a sandwich and a cup of tea. And if you worked at night, you, you would get a hot dinner, a cup of tea, and you'd get paid as well. And, nice. and on, I, so I applied for that job and I, I phoned the, the, the owner of the, the, the tea room and, and I told her, you know, that I could do readings. And I went down and did a reading for her. And that day I started and uh, I've, you know, done more than 100,000 psychic connections over the 57 years that I've, I've been doing this. Now, when I say 100,000 psychic connections, that doesn't mean like I've done 100,000 one-hour readings. Right, right. I've, right. I've done 100,000 psychic connections um, on all the radio shows I've been on, all the phone calls, all the, um, you, you know, um, plus, plus the readings as well, right? That is so commendable. I mean that that's truly amazing. Like it gives me it gives me goosebumps hearing that. It's 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 pretty much everything. Is is pretty much what I've done. It 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 has been the purpose of my life. I've, um, I, I I couldn't imagine um, doing anything else. Um, I learned that I had a sense of you know the first time I had a sense. Um, I had just come home from school. Uh, I might have been in kindergarten or grade one, and that would be about 1955, uh, 1956. And I said to my mother, Grandma Harris died today. Grandma Harris was my great-grandmother who lived in England, and I was living in Toronto. I was only five. I'd only seen her once in my life. But out of the blue, I said, Grandma Harris died today. My mother got angry with me, yelled at me and um, hit me and said, stop saying bad things. Hmm. The next day, the next evening, we're all sitting around the table, myself, my sister, my mother, my father. My mother said to my father, Grandma Harris died yesterday. And I thought my dad was going to get angry and yell at my mother for saying bad things. And they just talked about it. And I was astonished um, that they talked about it when yesterday I got hit for it. Um, th there, there would be times where 
you know, I would I would say things to adults and get myself in trouble. You know, Uncle Harold, that wasn't Aunt Sally. Who was that woman? Now that one got me hit for sure. So I was I was I was seeing things and didn't understand that that other people weren't. Absolutely. At that such a young age. Yeah. It's, I yes. mean, imaginable to be, if you know, if you're feeling something, it's easy yeah. at that age to assume, well, everyone is. Or not even be aware of that. That's correct. Um, and, and I, I, I had no idea that, that I was seeing things or sensing things that, 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 that other people weren't. And then came the day or the evening at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto and um, I was about nine, and my father took me to an NHL Stanley Cup um, semifinal game, and it was Boston and Toronto. Nice. And and um, the the you know the series was tied one one. Um, the the game was tied one one, and at the end of the third period, they then they went into an overtime. And when the teams came on the ice for the first overtime period, I knew number 17 with the Toronto Maple Leafs was going to score. The game hadn't even started. The, the players were just, you know, having a little skate on the ice, were, were stretching. Um, I knew, and the guy's name was Gary Eamon, and I knew he was going to score and the game hadn't even started. And I was getting, you know, really excited. Anyway, the referee blows the whistle and all the guys go to the bench and the starting lineup is on the ice. And Gary Eamon was not a starting player. As we're at Maple Leaf Gardens, there's like 18,000 people in the building and they turn all the lights down except for on the rink and the entire building is quiet. And as the referee is about to drop the puck, the vision of Gary Eamon scoring was so intense that I couldn't hold it in any longer. And um, it became so real, it was already happened. So just as the referee was about to drop the puck, I jumped up and started <laughs> screaming and cheering. And 18,000 <laughs> people turned and looked at me and my dad. And uh, my dad put his hand on my shoulder and he said, sit down couple of minutes, anyway, the referee drops the puck, game starts. A few minutes later, Eamon jumps over the boards, and a guy named Red Kelly passes the puck to him, and um, uh, Eamon tips the puck and scores the uh, winning goal in overtime. Wow, that's so cool. And I stood back and watched the building erupt, and people yelled and screamed and cheered and hollered, and uh, you know the, the 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 camera lights were the, the flashes were going off, and and I was looking around and it was other people. I see things differently than other people, and that was when I knew that I was different, and I also knew somehow, some way, this is what I was going to do with my life. So it was almost I, like a major turning point for you. Well, it was point. a major turning point because I then realized why I was getting hit or why I would get into trouble. And and it, it, it just all came together that, that I realized that I was seeing what other people weren't. 
it was it was quite a relief, actually. Absolutely. Would you say that you at that point almost became more it was more of like a self acceptance of your abilities at that point? Do you think? I've always been accepting. Awesome. Which is is why even though that I was getting hit or even though I was living on the streets or things like that, um, I I was always um, aware. You see, I don't think of, of it as a gift. I, I, I think of it as a, a talent that I've worked at and developed right. um, and dedicated myself to. And, and um, every, I, almost everybody, almost everybody can be psychic. Um, so it, it think of, see, being psychic is a natural, normal phenomenon that we mammals have. Not of just course. with humans, mammals. Um, have you ever been somewhere, maybe out for dinner, and you look up and there's been somebody looking at you? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, that's being, that, that's being psychic. Or have you ever been looking at somebody and they turn and look at you? Yes. That's being psychic. Um, almost everybody can do that. There are some that can't. It's a small minority. So if you think of like a bell-shaped curve, at one end of the spectrum, there is one person that has absolutely zero awareness. And then at the other end of that bell-shaped curve, there's somebody that has 100% awareness. And then the rest of us fit in between. So, that's so, a good, yeah, that's a good analogy. Okay. I like that. So, so almost all, all of us have the awareness. And it is a natural awareness. It's a natural instinct. And it's part of what caused us, we humans, to make it out of the caves and, and, and evolve into what we are now. We, we, we could have easily been extinct. We developed or, or, or listened to our instincts, which is, Absolutely. What, which is what got us where we are now, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, this, that, that makes so much sense. Now, for as you're, uh, you don't call it a gift. I like how you say it, it's a talent. How how did that progress for you over the years? How did this? Um, you know, how did it get stronger I, and things like that? I, I my my father believed my purpose in life was to play hockey, and and um, the first part of my life from about two um, till about. 14 and a half, my, my life as far as my family was concerned was to play hockey. And um, it, was in, it was forced upon me that if I, the only way that I, I was thought that I wasn't very smart, they, they, they thought I was actually dumb. And, and um, my father convinced me at, as an infant that my only chance in life to be successful was to play hockey in the NHL. And if I didn't play hockey in the NHL, I would be a failure. And, and something happened to my career at 14. And at 14 years old, I believed that my life was ruined. And I believed that I was a failure and I had no hope of being successful. It was devastating. It crushed me. 
I also came from a home that was physically and emotionally abusive, horribly abusive on my part, or to me, um, at about 14, uh, one night, I, I, I also felt that I didn't deserve the home that I was living in because I was such a failure. And, and I climbed out the window one Saturday night, and um, it was in November, and I went downtown, downtown Toronto, and I lived from November till about the end of April, uh, homeless on the streets. And um, the police caught me and took me back home. And uh, the following summer, when I turned 15, um, I left home again and, and, and lived on the streets and um, never lived back at home with my, my family again. And, and I survived on the street using my intuition, my psychic ability to survive. So my skills were honed um, by surviving on the street. And, and I knew what I was doing. I knew what was going on. I knew other people weren't saying things. Um, and, and that's how I survived. And, and, and in that time, the times that I was on the street, I never once begged. Um, I never, I never robbed or stole anything. I never committed any crimes other than being a, a vagrant. Um, I, I also looked after and took care of people while I was on the street. And, um, that's how I survived. And somebody told me that if you work at the cozy tea room, you could, you know, and do readings. Um, you would get paid and you would get food. And, and I applied there. Um, I was 15 and a half. And um, that day I started doing readings. And that day um, I had a job um, to go to. I got paid. I had two shifts. I did the afternoon and the evening shift. And the next day I had a job to go to. And um, that's how I got off the street. And I worked at the Cozy Tea Room from about, I was, till I was about 21, I, I, I was, and um, it, it, it was an experience that very few can have. Um, some days I would see 30 people. Some days wow. I would see 10. And, and I knew that this was what I was doing, what I was supposed to do. And, and um, I would work five days a week, six days a week, um, sometimes seven days a week. And, and I would every day, 20 people see 20 readings or 30 or 10 or five. And, and it was like that day in, day out. And there was no temperamentalness. You did the bloody reading. You don't get sensitive. You do the reading. And it doesn't matter if you're sick. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Do the reading. And, and I learned that discipline, you know, seeing one person after the other, after the other, after the other. Oh, my goodness. You know, I want, I want to say I, I love how you said that you've had acceptance all along. That's very healthy and, and very important. And this, this story, I mean, I, I commend you and I thank you for sharing this because I do think that there's a correlation between, you know, people that have had prior challenges or prior trauma or traumatic experiences, I think there's a connection between that and the intuitiveness. 
Would would you would you agree with that? Yep. Anyone now? I've mostly been a, a you know I left the tea room at around twenty one, and since that time I've mostly been a you know a single act, you know like a one man show. I I um, I do things my way. Um, I started noticing clearly when I was when when I started to appear on podcasts uh, a couple of years ago. And and what I was noticing is, is that just about any of the psychics that I had been encountering, I noticed that we all had had some trauma. And then I remember as I was thinking about what it was like back at the cozy tea room and what those people were going through uh, during that time, um, all of us had had severe trauma. And it seems to be part of the training for the job. Why it's that is it develops our survival instincts. Hi, Linda. Um, and and you can you can um, it it causes us to develop our um, intuition, our instincts. It's survival and and we then can see our abuser and we can read their behavior. That's how we survive. So almost all of us like that um, bell shaped curve I talked about, almost all of us have been abused or deeply injured or traumatized. And in the early days. Yeah. You know, that's I, that correlation. It's in, so strong. And I almost think too, you know, when you, when you go through tough challenges in life or, or very traumatic experiences, some mm -hmm. can be, some people might have more mild or trauma and others have more severe. I think it does something where it, it, you know, the humility starts to, to kind of supersede the ego a little bit. And so you have that, you know, you gain the, the traits of humility and, and empathy, I think with that as well. well. I, I think that, that that's true. Um, a lot of us, well, I speak for myself then, I never mind us. Um, <laughs> I, I, I certainly was an angry person um, in my life. Um, you know, I, living on the streets as a child, there were things sometimes you had to do um, of course. to survive. Uh, um, I, I was angry at the beatings that I had when I was a child. I was angry at the way I'd been treated. Um, I, I was a very angry person. You know, we um, uh, healers, we, 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 um, that, that care, caregivers, like that, that care for others, psychics, um, we don't descend from heaven. Right. We fight our way out of hell and we work our way up, not the other way around. So we all start, a lot of us just start in hell and, and, and we fight our way out of it. And, and we learn that way. So people that do readings doesn't mean that they're nice people even. Um, sometimes when we get into that mode, um, we, we take on a different character. Now, I, I, I just want to be clear. Yes, I was angry and, and I've done a whole lot of things. Um, I also spent from about 16, I, from about 16 years old, um, 
up until just very recently, I had been in some type of therapy uh, or counseling from about 16. And, and it was just like last April, I graduated from, from therapy, you know, um, I didn't have the same therapist. Like I, I, I went through many different ones and, and I actually officially graduated, you know, my, you know, I, I don't do therapy anymore. I did it all, you know. I, that's I awesome. There's yeah, such a stigma with it, though. I mean, I think that's changing. But I, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, you have a therapist. Oh, my gosh. But I mean, I think it's how I think everyone should have some form of therapy going on, especially nowadays. You well, know, you should be proud almost if you're going to get help. You're you're making that conscious decision. Hey, I want to get help here. So and and I it made me be better, a better person my desire to heal inside and it gave me the opportunity also to teach others what i've learned in in you know in my in my growth it's, Absolutely. it's part of it's, it's part of what you know um my work so when is there so when you do readings is there yeah. ever a, a situation where you're there and you just your gut is telling you, you know what, I don't want to do this reading. Are there certain like personalities or certain individuals where you don't do readings on, or is it oh, absolutely pretty, pretty flexible? Oh, so well, um, I look at my work a little differently than um, perhaps others. Um, I guarantee my readings awesome. forever. No, forever. I guarantee my work 100% forever. Now, I don't guarantee I'm 100% accurate. What I guarantee is that the reading I do for you, you will believe and feel from the time I do your reading until the ending of my life or yours. I guarantee that you will believe it was a fulfilling, you, you got the service you were looking for. And if for any reason, it doesn't matter whether it was five years ago, five minutes ago, or 50 years ago, um, if, if you tell me that you didn't like your reading or for whatever reason, I, I just give you back your money. Now, now, you don't get the money back that, you know, so if I did a reading for you in 1976, you're not going to get the three three bucks or the five bucks that you paid me. I'm sorry. You're not going to get what I charge now when you paid me five bucks, you know, 30 years or 40 years ago. Okay. So you, you get that money back and I guarantee it. Absolutely. No you know, you're, you're the first, I, or I, I'm trying to think as I, and I know a lot of psychic mediums. I, I don't, I can't recall hearing anyone else say that. And that's, well, I admire that. Well, I truly some, admire that. Thank you. Um, now, there, there are reasons I did that. Um, um, I, I, I like the reasons now. I, I like that I did it. Um, um, besides guaranteeing my readings, I think it was around 1976 or 77, I started recording them. Oh, oh. So much oh. so. Never mind. My, my ring light fell. Sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so I started recording readings so much so that um, I would not, I will not do a reading 
unless it's recorded. And I always give that person a copy, of course. And now with today's technology, I can I I, I keep a, a, a copy, everybody. So not only do I guarantee it, I, I give them their well, in those days it was a cassette. You know, then it then it then it became CD, and now now it's an audio or 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 video, and and everybody gets a copy, and and I'm I'm con- I, I'll stand up to if I did a shitty job, I'll give you back your money. That's so, so that's an admirable right there. That is just truly admirable. So I admire that. Well, thank you. Um, now, on on the other hand, um, because. I guarantee. I also can distinguish when I'm on, turn, you know, connected, when I'm doing a good reading and when I'm not. And when I notice I'm not doing a good reading, I stop. And and um, when I'm doing a reading for somebody, it is my reading until the reading is over. And they get, and I decide that I will let them have a copy of the reading. And that is when it's their reading. Until that time, I decide if I want to put my name on it. And if wow. I want, and if I don't feel good about my name being on it, then I simply apologize. I say no charge. Um, and, and that's just so, so, um, and I guess another way to say it is, I pick the ones, I pick and choose the ones that I can connect with the best. I think that's healthy and smart. Okay. Like I, yeah. Um, so that's, that's um, how I've been. I wanted to prove to my father that one, I was legitimate and I wanted to prove to my father that I was uh, um, honorable of course. Um, so, so all those things that I did, I never stole anything. Um, always, uh, um, you know, um, living up to my word. Um, uh, um, always making sure that my clients received the best, or I, I wouldn't take their money. Fantastic. Um, I, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was trying to get approval. So honest and, and yeah. you know, so, so honest and authentic yeah. and professional. Yeah. We do have to take our one and only break of the hour. So stay tuned. Of course, you're okay. listening to the Afterlife Chronicles. Our guest tonight is Robert Lindsay Milne, and we will be right back, folks. Weekend of October 1st and 2nd, Paranormal Perception and Unearthing the Supernatural invite you to kick off our favorite time of the year in Anaheim, California. Orange County Paracon, the first ever paranormal conference in Anaheim. You'll hear from and meet paranormal investigators, psychic mediums, get an explanation of palmistry and sit in on a seance conducted by the Hollywood good witch, Patty Negri. You can ask questions of all the guest speakers, including WLTKDB's own Nicole Strickland and Paranormal Pete Orbea. Enjoy two days of paranormal speakers and spooky vendors. 
single or two-day general admission as well as two-day VIP tickets on sale now. All info and tickets can be found at ocparacon.com. Thirty-two minutes past the hour there. Of course, you're tuning right back into the Afterlife Chronicles here. Tonight's special guest is Robert Lindsay Milne. If you missed the first half of the show, don't worry about that. It will be archived for you. And of course, uh, about the OC Paracon there, just a reminder that the website is ocparacon.com. Super honored to be a featured speaker there, along with a Paranormal Pete of the Paranormal Pete Show, or Pete Orbea of the Paranormal Pete Show. So anyways, getting back to tonight's episode. So we've been talking with Robert about his background in, in psychic mediumship and how he grew into his abilities and all of that. It's been such an inspirational uh a discussion tonight about that. And I, and like I said, I do want to say, I love the professionalism. I love the authenticity that, that you give to your readings, because I think that that is super important for that. Uh, so I, I read too, that you've helped out with people that have had uh, illness, um, whether yes. can, um, can, whatever physical illnesses. Uh, and I'd like you to talk about that if you don't mind and, and how you've helped out with that, because I think that's phenomenal. Um. I was involved um, in um, with, with with some people. Uh, one of my clients, uh, a Canadian woman, um, uh, she she lives in California now. Uh, I can tell you her name because there's a book out, and she's you know she wrote the book. Her her name is Stephanie Strathy, and and I met Stephanie when she had just completed her PhD in epidemiology wow. at the University of Toronto. She was like 28 or something. And, and I, 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 I did a reading for her then. We, we stayed close and I've been her psychic for that long. Um, she now is um, uh, a professor of um, epidemiology at the University of Southern California, associate. Oh, wow. My grandfather graduated medical school from there. Okay. So. Associate Dean of, of the um, uh, um, epidemiology department. And, and um, you, you know, she's a star in her field in, in, in um, epidemio epidemiological research. Her husband, Tom, has a PhD. Um, and he's a professor of experimental psychology and has a PhD in psychiatry. He, he is a professor at the same university and an associate dean of, wow. that, of his department. So these are top um, ranked people. You know, they're way up there and they're really smart, a lot smarter than me. Um, so they're married. They're, uh, so Tom and, and, and Stephanie had this light, this beautiful trip, a, a trip of a lifetime plant. Tom reminds me of a guy that's like Indiana Jones type, <laughs> but you know, he really is that kind of guy. Um, and in later life, and he's a big guy, like six, five. Wow. And, totally, and, yeah, and, totally. and, and he's a big, big guy. Um, and he ballooned in up in his lifetime, well over 300 pounds. I did a reading for him. 
and I told him now, now my way of giving bad news is that I look into the future and see the positive result of the difficulty that they're going to go through. And I tell them about the positive experience that they're going to have. Then I come back and give them a little hint, change the subject, talk about other things, then talk about the good experience. Then I come back and add on to the shitty one, you know, and, and I do that and bring them forward to they're ready to hear because they've already been prepared that something negative is going to happen, but they're not afraid. They're not panicked because I've already told them what's going to happen. And what I said to Tom is, is when you are at such and such a time, you are going to be more than a hundred pounds lighter than what you are. And I, I, I said that. And, and um, then as I was doing his reading, I came back and said, you know, there's something going on in, in, inside in your abdomen area. Um, and by the way, in a year, you know, two years from now or whatever, you're going to be more than a hundred pounds lighter. Uh, and I took a while to get to it. And then, and then I said, um, I'm not sure you're, there, there is an illness and, and you're going to get as sick as you possibly can get sick and not die. You'll be that sick. And um, you're going to lose more than 100 pounds. And then I said, it's up to you. Um, my thinking is the destiny is to lose 100 pounds. If what I've said to you today has frightened you and you lose 100 pounds, then you've completed that. Or you can wait until you get as sick as you possibly can get without dying um, and lose a hundred pounds. And then I said, by the way, Tom, um, it's up to you. You can do it the hard way. You can do it the easy way. And, and I said it like that. Uh, well, it scared him for a little bit and, you know, he had, you know, lived on grapes and celery for a week or so, and then went back to his normal, um, way. Um, so they went away on this beautiful trip, this, this trip of a lifetime and they go to Egypt. Oh, now, wow. Tom was not feeling well anyway, and he was having problems in his abdomen. Oh, so he um, was okay. So he was aware of now. This is issues. like two years later that they take the trip. Okay, so Tom's got problems with his stomach. He's big. Um, he gets sick in Egypt. Actually, collapses in the in the pyramid. They carry him out. He's semi coma. You know, semi coma state. Um, the doctor comes, and then he goes to the hospital. And while he's in the hospital in Egypt, he contracts the most potent super virus on the planet. It was incurable, 100% antibiotic resistant. That means that when you get that superbug, you die. And Tom caught it. Um, he was medevac to Germany. And then that's where I come in. And it was during that Christmas season. I can't remember the year. Might have been six, 2016 or 15. Um, and I, I, that Christmas, I was like really sick. I was like had the flu or whatever. Um, and I just felt terrible. Um, I, I, I heard my Skype phone and I um, went over and I, I answered it. And it was Stephanie. And, and, and the first words, and this is in the book, by the way. I said to her, what took you so long? I've been thinking about I've been waiting for <laughs> And I had been. Um, and then she told me what was going on. And from that point, 
I made a psychic link with Tom and when he was in a coma and I knew what was going on with him. Uh, um, Hi, Sherry. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I knew um, what he was going through when he was in, in, in the coma. And, and um, I also had meetings with Stephanie every day um, while he was in the coma. And, and I also told Stephanie that she would, she, if she wanted to, she could find a cure. And Stephanie set out to find a cure for her true story, man. It's a real, uh, she set out to find a cure for an incurable disease. And, and, and the clock was ticking. And, and um, I was helping her. Um, and, and then she had all the contact because of her background. Um, and she put together a group of people of the most brilliant people on the planet. And, and it was a concerted effort or consorted, one of the two uh, efforts. And every, everyone was working together. And, and um, I got the call. I, 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 I got that job. And, and um, I was her counselor as well as I was um, uh, with Tom and, and, and I knew when he was in trouble and, and things like that. And I helped Stephanie find the cure. I, I helped. I, I'm not the star of the show. But there were a couple of times where, see, there are a lot of other psychics on the planet that could have done what I did. There are lots. Um, I just, you know, it was just my number came up. It was just my turn. That, that's so there's lots of people that could have done it. Um, uh, um, so I had a, um, a connection with Tom. So a psychic, a lot of people could do it. And, and I knew I, I visualized um, a, a candle and, and when the flame was strong, when Tom was in the coma, I knew that he was okay. And when the flame got weak or weaker or flickered, I knew that there were problems. And, and, and that's how I was um, uh, sensing it. And, and there was this one time, the candle just looked like it was going to go out. And, and um, it, Tom was sick. He was in a coma. He was, he was um, in isolation. Um, everybody around him was wearing hazmat suits and stuff like that. Um, uh, and he didn't know where he was. Um, while he was in a coma, he could hear people talk. Um, he could hear them say he was going to die. He, he could hear all those things. Yep, people and do. He, in comas. Yep. yep. Well, he certainly did. And and he was letting go. And and they were in Germany, by the way, at a special clinic in Germany. And And I said to Stephanie, Tom needs to see his kids. Tom needs to see his children. Um, yesterday would have been a good day. Today is a good day. Tomorrow's not so good. If you wait longer, don't bother. That night, his two daughters arrived from California. Mm, wow. And I knew that they arrived because the candle went from flickering to just about out to being strong. And... Um, that had a psychic not been involved, Tom would have died. 
This is an example of, uh, you know, medicine and, and faith and, and just the, the, the divine universe, That's you know, right. being right. there because, right. you know, medicine goes a long way, but it can't explain everything. And I do think that, that the body can heal itself in other ways besides just black and white medicine. Yeah. And this is yeah. an example of that. And That's this right. book is the perfect predator, the perfect correct? Predator. I mentioned you, in the book um, 26 times. That's um, amazing. Good for and, you. And um, the reason that I'm, I'm pouring a glass of water, I can't. Oh, I know. Prove I it. always have my bottle of water all here right. all the time. I can't. I can't prove it, but it really is water. I keep it. I put water in this bottle. It reminds oh, me. Oh, cool. Me, it it yeah. reminds me of my drinking days. You know, when nobody was around <laughs> and drink it out of the bottle. <laughs> that was that was what I did when I was drinking. Just after a while, just drink it out of the bottle. Yep. Uh I've been there a couple times. <laughs> Most of us have. Most of yeah. us that do this work, you know, have issues like that. Um, it's just part of the job. That this is so inspirational. And so I, I gather now that he's okay. And is he restored back Indeed to? So. Well, well, you know, Tom was older. He's a little bit older than me. Um, you know, he was nearing the end of his career. Um, and, and he was in a coma for more than eight months. Um, oh my goodness. He was, he was within an hour of dying when, when he got treated with, with the cure that Stephanie found. And, and, um, he was, he was inches away from dying and, and, um, uh, um, he was treated and then, and then, it, it, it brought him back to life, but it takes a long time. You know, when you go from, you know, 330 pounds down to, you know, 125, you, you know, it has a big effect and, and many parts of his body, you know, took serious hits because of that illness. Um, and, and he was very weakened and, and, um, and his, you know, his, his, he was going into organ failure and, and things like that. So it took him a, a pretty long time. Oh, and just uh, such an inspirational story. And I'm, I'm glad that he's doing better. And so yeah. The Perfect Predator, that's an amazing yeah. title for this. It's, it's you, a brilliant book. When did they write it? Was it around 2018? Two years or? ago. Yeah, something like okay, that. Something like I also that. I told Stephanie that she was going to write a book and it would be successful. In the no, that's awesome. I also told her that there was going to be a movie, and uh, they're right in the final negotiations for that movie to be produced. Oh, that's fantastic! And you can get that book on Amazon. I mean, I'm sure BarnesandNoble.com as well, yeah. and all the other online retailers. So, yeah. the Perfect Predator on Amazon, yeah. fantastic. These hours go by. We just have about maybe like. 13 minutes or so. We didn't even get so we I know. I, well, up. you know what? You know what? That means you can come back on if you want. You're welcome back if you to. want. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do part two. We'll do part three, wherever it takes okay. us. Whenever you're so, ready. Just yeah, absolutely. We'll talk. But so with the few minutes remaining, yes. what, what advice would you give someone who is new, who is obviously realized that he or she is psychic and actually wants to go that route of doing readings? What would be some advice for, for that person? I end my podcast. I have my own podcast now. It's called My Side of the Crystal Ball. And what I say at the end of every show, um, you know, just before we finish, I'd like to say this. Do good. Stay safe. And above all, just be kind. Do good things. Stay safe. And be kind. 
I absolutely, I absolutely love that. Oh my goodness. Now, what I would advise somebody that's a psychic is to do readings. Uh, I have, uh, when I was about 21, I just knew that this was going to be what I do for the rest of my life. And I heard that when a young man becomes a priest, he makes a vow that he will do a mass every day of his life. When I was around 21, I made the vow that I would do a psychic reading every day of, of my life. Um, I, 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 I did that for a little over 30 years without missing a day. Um, so I either did psychic readings every day or I practiced being psychic and and i would tell people do readings um do 500 readings do a thousand readings do five thousand readings just do readings spend time over the crystal ball practice 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 absolutely that practice goes back to that practice makes perfect right absolutely or near perfect i guess absolutely so Absolutely. if someone wanted to, to, so your services uh, that you offer, talk yeah. a little bit about that. And if someone wanted to like book you, how would they go about doing that? Well, you can find me on my, my, my website, um, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, and, and my podcast also is my side of the crystal ball. I um, love that. That's so cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Here, here I think it's really creative. Wait a sec here. Yeah, I think. It's somewhere. I it see it. Right there, there it is. Ah, oh, okay. so cool. So, so <laughs> now I don't use it. Um, I don't use a medium, but um, what, so what I would say is do reading, practice, 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 do readings. Um, and I think that's what we were talking about. Yeah, and, we were. And, um, and one of the things that's important is you have to learn when you're wrong. And, and there's a very different feeling to when you're right and when you're wrong. And you need to have that experience. You need to know what it feels like when you just don't sense anything. It's not for me to tell what other people should or shouldn't do in their readings. I myself would never um, do anything except the best that I could possibly do. Um, other people, before and and before I would get paid, I would make sure that it would be the best I could do. Other people get paid for their time. Um, I'm, I, I do it. I, I do readings. Um, and I guarantee they're right. Um, I, I hear the, I hear the passion in your voice for this. I hear, I hear the, the innate, you know, desire sure. to, to help people. I hear that coming through. That's very, that's very palpable. Yeah. Which it's I really... think is very important for a psychic to have that. Yeah. Well, that's, well, if you don't have that, you shouldn't be doing the job. That's I know. That's exactly, that is exactly it. Um, okay. So, oh gosh. So just a yes. weird question. So if I love them, let's say someone came up to you and said, no, hypothetically here, mm -hmm. no, no doing psychic work. That's not good. That's wrong. What would you tell okay. them? Or would you even say anything? Would you just be like, oh, that's well, okay. opinion, that's you know? fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, here, here's, here's a slightly different question. How would you describe 
to a blind person what yellow looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Someone that was blind at birth. How can you convince them what yellow looks like? So why would you get angry or anything other uh, at somebody that could not see yellow? Well, how would you treat them? Well, somebody that couldn't see yellow, you wouldn't. That, so that's how I am with people that don't believe in psychic things. So, okay, fine. That's why I asked it because I knew you'd have a, a very healthy response to that. You know? So oh, like, oh, I, I don't. You know, somebody says, oh, I don't believe in that. And I said, I don't care. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> oh, my okay. gosh. And I don't. And, 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 and I, I don't, you know, if somebody is hesitant about having a reading for me, I say, no, nah, no, nah, maybe you should think about it. Don't, don't, it's okay. Don't, it's fine. Don't yeah, do it. Like absolutely. I don't hustle, you know, I don't hustle them, but um, you, you know, you do or you don't, you like it or you're not, um, you accept it or you don't. I, I'm okay with that. That's I, I knew you'd have a really upbeat, healthy answer to that. So um, any upcoming events that you're going to be a part of, anything like that, that you want to talk about and well, promote? And then more about well, your podcast, too. Yeah, my, my side of the crystal ball. Yeah. You, you can find it on um, uh, YouTube, um, uh, um, Apple, Spotify, um, iHeart. Um, right. I'm, we're on iHeart now. Um yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's about and anywhere else you can find your podcast. All the pretty much major ones, right? Yeah. And and um and you can again find me on my website. And um I we're just coming up to the um end of the first year. Uh we, we've done 21 or 22 um podcasts and it's been a lot of fun. Um I ask people questions that someone who wants to know about their field but doesn't know how to answer ask the question so i ask people those questions and and um i'm a believer in fundamentals mm -hmm. I, you know get it do readings over and over practice 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 a discipline fundamentals and and when you learn the fundamentals and you get good at your work when when you get messed up you go back to the fundamentals and 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 so so i would encourage people to develop the the, the fundamentals of the of, of their practice of course that's of what course. i would that's what i would encourage and that's standard pretty much with many different fields and, and life Every learning field. those those foundational right. you know that's, that's fundamentals right. including relationships businesses jobs um psychism uh medicine er everything the fundamentals absolutely absolutely so one question you have here yeah. and, I, and i like this i like this i'm going to ask it you okay so is the future what must be no, no. or what can be Elaborate on it because I, I like I like the concept. Okay, of that. all right. Um, we have free choice and free will mm -hmm. to experience anything that we want. Um, when we see the future, when you are shown something, um, this will happen at such and such a time. You then have the ability to say, "No, I don't want that." 
So if I say to you or anyone listening, um, if you ride your bicycle um, at past 34th and Vine at 12 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, you're going to get hit by a bus and get killed. Um, that person could choose not to be at 34th and Vine. Um, so if it can be seen, it can be changed. Destiny cannot be changed. And often destiny, um, uh, um, sorry, destiny cannot be changed and we can't see it. There was one famous one or infamous one. Do I have a minute or two to tell? Yeah, it? yeah, we have it like three or four. Oh, yeah, that's okay, fine. okay. Um, the Winter Olympics at Cal um, in in Calgary was, I think, about eighty seven or something like that, nineteen eighty seven. Um, I was doing a maybe could have been eighty four. Anyway, I was doing a reading for this young woman. She had just returned from Calgary. She was uh, a producer at at. Um, uh, um, CTV, that's a national broadcasting company here. And and um, she was a producer, they, they were successful. And then she came back and she was having a reading from it. And she had rode her bike to, you know, her appointment. And and I did this beautiful reading. I, I, I liked her. She was a great person. I, I enjoyed doing her session. Um, decided I would would give her, let her have the reading. I, I did it. I talked about her. It was, you know, her really bright future. The next night, um, watching the late night news, the um, national broadcaster was reading an obituary, and it was a picture of the young woman that, oh my I, goodness. that I had done a reading for the day before. And it seems as if after I had done her reading on her way home, she got hit by, we have streetcars here in Toronto, they're called, some other people call them trolley cars. Um, she got hit by one of those and got killed. She never even made it home. Oh, my goodness. And I just thought to myself, how could I miss that? How, how, if I'm as good as what I say I am or think I am, or other people, how could I have missed that? And I ripped my, oh, I walked the floors for a long time. Even now I struggle with it. And then I realized that um, it was a moment of destiny. Yeah. And I didn't see it because that was what her destiny was. Right. Wow. And so so if you can see it, you can change it. Sometimes it's almost like I feel like destiny. It's almost like there are these little blueprints that have that, you know, we have free will. But if there's these set blueprints, which are equate to destiny, that we can't change that. And I, I agree with that. Absolutely. So right. That, that's right. So oh my gosh. When you can't, if you if you can see it, it can be changed. If you so forewarned is forearmed. Um, if it's destiny, you can't see it and you can't change it. Absolutely. Wow. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on tonight. It was absolutely an honor talking with you and, and a pleasure learning about your story. Lots of inspiration there. I'd love to have you back. So we'll talk and That's then uh, plan for, for a part two if okay. you want. Of course, you're welcome I'm ready. back. Yeah, so there you okay. have it, folks. Thank that you. was Robert Lindsay Milne. What a fantastic individual. He was uh, featured in, of course, the book, The Perfect Predator, uh, which you can find on Amazon and all of the online retailers. Make sure to check out his podcast at uh, 
on YouTube, my side of the crystal ball. It's on all the audio, major audio listening platforms. And again, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend coming up because it is Thursday night. And of course, here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we are bridging the gap between a mortality and or the mortality in the afterlife one experience at a time. And then, of course, we are exploring the connection between life, death and beyond. I actually just flipped that phrase, but that's OK. That's how it came out. So, again, have a fantastic weekend, guys, and we will see you next week. All right. Good night.